Hello all and welcome to this new episode of CIO Leadership Live Middle East. Today, Abir Her, Head of Cybersecurity at National Bank of Egypt, is joining us. Hello, Abir. Thank you so much for your time. Hello, Andrea. It's a pleasure to be with you today and with the CIO Middle East community. Thank you for that. Well, Abir, I think that you don't really need a presentation. Everyone in the region knows you because you are really involved in the community. You are also co-founder of Women in Cybersecurity in the Middle East. Uh, you Every time there is a cybersecurity event, uh, you are there. But now that we have the opportunity to have you here with us, we want to know more about you. Why, you, why did you decide to work in cybersecurity? Thank you so much, Andrea, for uh, this introduction. Um, as you mentioned, I'm the head of cybersecurity for the National Bank of Egypt. Um, I also chair the cybersecurity committee at the Federation of Egyptian Banks. And I have been in the field for quite some time. I will not say how many years, but <laughs> <laughs> I've been in technology and uh, cybersecurity and also IT assurance for uh, several years. Um, so I started with uh, working as IT administrator long back uh, uh, at the times, and then um, I joined uh, one of the big four firms to work uh, in IT assurance uh, services and also IT risk assurance, and then uh, also uh, in uh, consulting um, for cybersecurity. And then I joined here, I joined the bank, National Bank of Egypt, uh, uh, to start the cybersecurity function and uh, lead the cyber strategy and cybersecurity program uh, for the bank. Um, I think the field of cyber is, um, is, is a challenging one, but yet a very rewarding one. And that's what has attracted me to join this field and what has uh, motivated me to stay in it, you know, despite the many challenges. Uh, yet there are rewards, the rewards that uh, you feel whenever you uh, you know that you are protecting uh, your customer information, your uh, uh, your customers' uh, data and uh, and money, actually. Uh, so this is a huge sense of responsibility. It gives you a huge sense of responsibility. And also um, it feels, uh, you know, satisfying and rewarding to know that you are contributing in creating um, a secure environment for uh, the customers to uh, to transact and to continue their trust in uh, the institution that they have uh, uh, put their money and trust in. So well, this is very, very sensitive data, as you say. Um, uh, it's challenging, it's rewarding, but we all know for sure that cybersecurity has changed and technology for the last few years, especially with the pandemic. Uh, what is the current state of cyber threat landscape across the banking industry? It is, you know, as evolving as ever. Um, I have been following the recent and reading the recent uh, report that was issued by the World Economic Forum uh, for the outlook of cybersecurity in 2023 and the main threats that we can expect. And um, uh, of course, due to the, uh, you know, uh, volatile geopolitical situation, especially uh, post the Russian-Ukraine war and other geopolitical changes taking place around us globally, that um, uh, many uh, experts at Davis believe that uh, there is a cyber storm that is gathering 
or a major global cyber event that uh, may take place within the coming two years. And uh, that they have called for, you know, uh, preparedness, cyber readiness, and um, cyber readiness and collaboration and coordination at a global level. Um, of course, the banking industry, while not the primary target in such an expected uh, uh, global cybersecurity um, uh, incident, um, yet they are, of course, impacted. So the banking industry is, of course, impacted, even though it may not be the primary target. And um, um, not only because of these geopolitical changes, but also because of, um, uh, you know, the increase in supply chain uh, attacks and um, banks are, you know, one of the primary industries impacted by supply chain attacks because we have numerous either customer uh, uh, third parties or that are corporates and that we deal with and we serve or uh, third-party um, suppliers and vendors that uh, may be victims to such um, supply chain uh, attacks. And uh, that's why banks really need to be um, uh, more ready than ever, more resilient than ever, uh, more collaborative in nature with other uh, key stakeholders in uh, the ecosystem, so we have to think beyond uh, collaborating with similar banks. No, we have to uh, collaborate with uh, with uh, academia, with authorities, with uh, all the players in the ecosystem of cybersecurity to ensure that we are um, elevating and maturing our uh, cyber defenses and cyber response. And you know the the threats are not also not only. Uh, related to, you know, the direct threats like uh, ransomware attacks, malware attacks, the advanced uh, cyber incidents, the the expected um, the expected uh, cyber uh, sophisticated cyber attacks, but also uh, with the use of new technologies. You know, with uh, with the evolving technology comes risks. Uh, we have seen uh, how some applications for AI, like the Chat GPT, is uh, unfortunately in spite of all its very good use cases, um, it is unfortunately being used by hackers to create hacking tools, to uh, recreate new and, and old strains of malware. And while this is not yet very sophisticated, but you never know in the near future, uh, such tools may be used exactly. by, uh, yes, by advanced threat actors to uh, create even more advanced hacking tools. So we have to be on the alarm and on the guard uh, for, for such risks. Uh, there is also um, the risk. Uh, we know that there is the new technology of quantum computing that is uh, uh, developing, yet it comes also with its risks because um, it can break uh, encryption algorithms that we currently use in our different applications, in our different systems. So um, the, the banking industry and other industries as well need to prepare for this and, uh, you know, inventory all the, uh, all the applications and the different algorithms that they use for encryption and be ready for when uh, the quant, what they call the quantum safe encryption algorithms are released so that we uh, we know how to um, implement and adopt them and uh, uh, deploy them. So uh, 
threats are evolving and um, as, as we've been discussing, the, the better and the wise way forward is to uh, ensure our maturing resilience and ensure uh, our cyber readiness and collaboration uh, readiness and abilities with all stakeholders in the ecosystem. Everything that you have said when you were talking reminds me when I met you last year in Cairo at Kaisek, one of the biggest uh, cybersecurity events in Egypt. Uh, I remember you say traditional banking is not the only option. I, I think we all know that. And I'm sorry, I'm going to quote you. You also say open banking is the future. There is no rule here to stop thinking about open banking. Like we have no option. We need to offer services that keep us in the future. Uh, Abir, how do you develop new services fast and secure, secure them in such a big environment with so many options? Yes, I think the secret here is, um, you know, streamed uh, communication between the business, the digital teams, um, IT and cybersecurity teams. Uh, because, you know, um, business leaders now in every organization and in, in, in banks, of course, know that they own the risks. They know that they own the cyber risks. So it is in their best interest, actually, that the applications, the digital applications and services that uh, we launch to customers are secure for them to use. So the the in order with the different options and with the fast pace that with which things are uh, and and applications and uh, the current direction business is digitalizing the the only way to manage this is to really uh, ensure this agility in communication and ensuring that the the cybersecurity is included from uh, the moment the in, of the inception of a new product or a new service a new digital service all the way through uh, the design thinking over the 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 testing the deployment all those all the life cycle of a new digital service if we streamline this communication and we are able to uh, uh, cooperate uh, in an agile fashion then uh, we we ensure and we save time that cybersecurity would be embedded in the design of those applications and systems from the start and um, that vulnerabilities are being tested and mitigated all the way until we ensure that uh, they are launched quickly at the right time to market and with the right secure features. So the key and the ingredient here is uh, the effective communication. Okay, effective communication, but how do consumers react or adapt to such a rapid rate of evolving products and services? You know, um, with a large bank like ours, um, we have different segments of customers. Some of them would immediately uh, embrace the new uh, the new technology. They would immediately embrace the new features in the digital services because they are actually looking forward to it. You know, post-COVID, um, uh, customers with preferred uh, the digital services that banks yeah, started to offer. Yes, so that they can access um, uh, their mobile banking um, uh, applications and the and the necessary uh, services that they need from those mobile banking apps from the convenience of their mobile anywhere they may be. So they are embracing this convenience and they want more services to be offered digitally. Uh, if you look at, an, at other segments, other customer segments who may not be uh, very technology uh, oriented, like my grandparents, for example. Uh, sorry? Like my grandparents, if I like they <laughs> need to go to the bank and take the money and 
And it's normal. Like, I think it doesn't matter banking, like when you are buying a flight ticket, train, like not everything can be digital right now. Maybe it will be in the future. That will be more work and more challenges for you. Yes. But not everything yes. that, like traditional banking, it's going to be there for now. Yes, yes, yes. It is still there uh, to provide certain services. Um, however, um, uh, with uh, the introduction of digital services, you still want to introduce it to the uh, other customer segments that do not maybe... Uh, that, as you say, uh, prefer the traditional banking over uh, the digital services. We want still to introduce this to them. And that's why with the new um, releases and the new um, uh, launch of uh, new features in the digital uh, banking apps, um, we always accompany this with a marketing campaign that explains the product features, that explains how to secure how to securely use them, the different security features when doing transactions, when doing transfers, um, and um, how to how the how can the customer, you know, best utilize all the features in the app. So uh, we do release those marketing campaigns uh, for customer education. And then they are usually accompanied by or followed by uh, security awareness campaigns also. So that the customer, when they start using the apps, they also uh, are made aware of the of the different, uh, you know, fraud attempts that could uh, target them and how to securely respond and how to uh, protect and, pres and, and protect uh, and preserve their data. And I mean, what uh, resources, human or tech, uh, need to be in place to maintain this kind of efficiency and attention to risk uh, mitigation and cyber, well, cybersecurity threats? Yes, so many different roles in cybersecurity to, 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 you know, to achieve this uh, holistic um, approach to securing customer data um, while using the digital services. So you have so many different roles. Uh, you have the technical roles that do the uh, the secure architecture design, uh, that the, that do the penetration testing, vulnerability assessments, uh, incident response. You also have um, the the security governance roles that oversee that all the controls are operating effectively and that we are complying with the different standards, security standards and uh, rules and regulations that uh, govern um, uh, the banking industry. So it is important while people sometimes think that we should focus only on the pen testers, on the ethical hackers, and okay. this is what we only need. No, yet we also need uh, the, the, the rules that um are uh, that belong to security governance because they are very important in ensuring that uh, all the other controls are operating effectively and ensuring compliance um we also have outside the cybersecurity function um the importance of awareness of it people is very important of the developers that the, in order for them to develop the secure code uh, uh, also the risk people even the business people, it's very important because they interface with the customers and they they are the ones that, you know, the, the primary interface with the customers that they explain to them security features and applications that they are aware of the different risks and fraud attempts and how to handle them. So actually, uh, in addition to the uh, specialized technical rules, you need uh, security aware and oriented um, uh, people and employees in the different other functions as well.
Abir, I don't want to finish this interview before asking you about women in cybersecurity in the Middle East. Now, it's the organization is growing. There are so many women involved. You are one of the co-founders. Um, I'm also happy to to be able to support the community in every um, event you do. The presence of women now is huge. You have a full panel for women in cybersecurity at JISEC. You are also working with women in AI and women in technology in the Middle East in JITEX and so many events. So please tell us more about women in cybersecurity in the Middle East. Yes, that's a very dear question to my heart. Thank you, Andrea, for bringing it up. And thank you for being part of it and supporting it always. This is my really pleasure, always. appreciated. Thank you. Um, well, WISIMI is, or Women in Cybersecurity Middle East, is uh, an initiative that was uh, started a few years ago uh, to support uh, women in the different countries uh, who are working in cyber in the different countries of uh, the Middle East region. Uh, it started small, but then it has grown, as you say, to, you know, more than 2,000 uh, women from uh, the different countries in the Middle East, not only in uh, the Gulf region, but also in the Levant area, in the North uh, uh, Africa region as well. So uh, it's very heartwarming to see how it is growing, how women are supporting each other, and how we are collaborating on the different uh, events on the different uh, uh, training opportunities and uh, the, the the ladies are always supporting each other with knowledge sharing uh, even you know formulating study groups to support them pursue the different certifications uh, sharing job opportunities yeah, and because I know that in this organization you have students cybersecurity students yes, yes, in the yes, yes exactly and and uh, every year actually uh, there is a, a conference for uh, this that uh, WCME organizes and it has uh, so many tracks but uh, they're uh, worthy to mention that there is always panels for women uh, to speak in the event and there is also the awards that award the different uh, roles uh, within cybersecurity that women play there are the um, you know thought leaders there are executives there are uh, the student rising stars there are uh, the community heroes there are the ethical hackers so we have different categories in the awards to recognize and acknowledge uh, the women talent in each and every um, domain and also there is the TF. There is also a Capture the Flag competition that is organized every year. And here, since we are an initiative that supports di diversity, really, uh, we always encourage that um, the teams that play in this CTF uh, contain at least uh, one woman. So uh, they could be men playing, four men, uh, three men, but it must contain at least one woman so that the, the men and women are uh, collaborating and working together in diverse teams to, uh, to work together and win uh, together. So um, this has been, you know, some of the achievements so far that uh, women cybersecurity Middle East have been doing. There is also... Um, uh, we also host, uh, you know, um, technical uh, workshops as well as knowledge sharing sessions that happen periodically. And this is um, a very good opportunity for uh, and opportunity for collaboration with other uh, uh, women leaders from other regions because uh, they they also support uh, women in cybersecurity in the Middle East and.
we collaborate on uh, knowledge sharing and exchange of information uh, through these uh, technical workshops. That is that is very you know uh, amazing support that is being provided uh, in both directions, by the way, and they sometimes also uh, host us in their events. So that's that's very uh, uh, good to to have. Yeah, all I can say is many congratulations because also because of this, I have the chance to meet other women in cybersecurity from uh, South America, USA. So yeah, it's amazing what you are doing. Um, we are looking forward to hearing more about uh, women in cybersecurity. Uh, now you give me the opportunity to catch up with more than 2,000 <laughs> women about what they are doing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, on LinkedIn, yes. <laughs> so yes. thank you so much, Abir. Thank you for sharing your knowledge uh, with us and for your time. Thank you so much. Sukran. Thank you so much, Andrea, and uh, see you in March in the Women Month. <laughs> Thank you.